everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Deanne Rios. I am the digital evangelist at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church and also the missioner for community engagement with the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And welcome everybody back to the podcast for this week leading up to July 3rd, proper 9 in year C. We are obviously still in Luke's Gospel and we're in good old ordinary time, so we're just making our nice narrative way through the Gospel of Luke, uh, this kind of second two-thirds of the go- second third of the Gospel of Luke. So uh, we're excited to be here, we're excited to welcome you in, and for Deanne Rios to be here. Thank you, Deanne, for being here. It's so fun to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. And we heard a little bit about your where you are and what you do in the in this place. But would you share a little bit more about your ministry context with us? What what's going on? Where you where you're working? Sure, sure, sure. So I work two places within the diocese. One is Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in the University City area. I'm a digital evangelist, so I focus on outward-facing partnerships and community and all the communications and digital things like website and e-blasts and all of that. Um, then for the diocese, my title is Missioner for Community Engagement. Mm-hmm. New role I'm excited about. Uh, what that focuses on, what I am focused on, is helping churches go through a process of self-reflection and also learning about their communities, both kind of knowledge-wise and also experientially, like getting out into their community, meeting and talking to and interacting with their community so that they can learn what is happening and what matters to their neighbors Mm -hmm. so that they're not doing work in a bubble, but are doing it in the context of their geographical location and in partnership with neighbors. So cool. It's really cool. cool. And so serendipitous that we have this gospel today where Jesus is sending people out to different places in their ministry region, you know, to meet neighbors. So pretty good. I I wish I had planned it that way. You did. But I didn't. You totally did. I had no idea what it was. The Holy Spirit took the wheel. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, that's so cool. And maybe within that ministry context or just generally in your life, we always love to hear where you saw or felt God in the last like week or two. So would you share with us maybe a time where you felt or saw God's movement in the world or maybe when you didn't, that's also, you know, something to note. Sure. Yes. So what comes to mind this week is that I've been just in awe, like over the years, but even more so recently at how there'll be something, an idea or a desire or a prompting of something I'm excited about. And it could seem super important or smaller, but just that if I act on that or talk about it to people, often it happens or it moves to the next step or others join in a piece of it and help make it happen. And so an example of that, this last month and then it's happening even today is that there's, I'm in charge of renting the spaces at our church at, at Good Samaritan. And there's a room that David knows well. It's in our hall, it's upstairs, and it's ugly and old and tired. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed when I rent it to especially adults who are like having a 
you know, just like a business meeting or something. Um, and so, well, really anyone, but so I have had this, like, I want to refresh that room. I want to see new paint and some new furniture and just for it to be a welcoming, hospitable place that I feel proud to like have people meet in that feels like a blessing to them to be and not like a, Oh, this is drab and you know, old and tired. So I said that out loud. I said it out loud to a few people, but I said it to the other church um, that rents from us. And they were like, Ooh, we've been thinking about that too. Maybe we'll partner with you. So long story short, we've gotten donated couches. We got donated like interior decorator help to choose paint colors. It's being painted for free today and tomorrow. Um, So there's just like, I love when there's an idea and you throw it out and then it snowballs and it happens and that different people are contributing gifts and there's teamwork and turns into like a win-win mutual blessing. Mm -hmm. So cool. That's so cool. Love that. When our desires manifest in the world is God's desire. That's right. Pretty fun. All right. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. That's so awesome. And just like Deanne shared with us about her ministry context and where she saw God, we'd always love to hear from you all. Uh, we'd love to hear about your context, what where you're seeing or feeling God's move, God move in uh, your context or in your life. We'd always also love to hear your questions, comments, or stories from this week of faith <laughs> discussion and reflection, especially if you're engaging with the podcast or if you're talking to your friends and family or using those faith to go resources on the faith to go website, we'd always love to hear from you. You can email us. We have a direct email. You can contact us through that website, myfaithtogo.org. You can also call us and leave a voicemail or send us a text message and you can tag us, uh, or direct messages on Instagram. And if you just scroll down on this episode and look in the description of this episode, you'll find all those ways of getting in contact with us with links available. We're just a touch away. Yes. We're at the, we're at your fingertips. Click and go. So just let us know what's going on. We'd love to hear from you. And now we're going to transition into our discussion about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday. Again, July 3rd, uh, proper nine in year C. Charlotte is going to read it and then I'll have some context and then we'll each share a point. The Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, 
I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to treat on snakes, to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Um, all right, here we are. Uh, I didn't say it before, but this was, that was Luke 10, uh, verses 1 through 11, and then skip 12 to 15, and then 16 to 20. This story is the very next thing that happens after the gospel from last week, because we actually set it up because we were talking about how Jesus in being rejected and responding and inviting people and having them tell him like, their excuses and things like that was kind of like embodying and showing the disciples through his own practice what they're going to go through in their sending out, you know, and then he sends them out. Um, so that's a that was an, it's kind of an important pairing of the of last week and this week. And so that's really it. Everything I said about last week still goes. Um, we have them sent out and then returning. And then we're just still like right in the middle of the gospel. Jesus, who knows what Jesus is doing in the time when they're gone. Doesn't really say. That would be interesting to note. But maybe he's still in, in Samaria, you know, trying to find houses that will take him in and hang out with him. Maybe. While they're doing the same. Anyway, that's where we are. Uh, we're kind of in that first, the end of the beginning of the second third of Luke's gospel. They Jesus's face is still set towards Jerusalem and the disciples are taking what they've learned and seen Jesus do and now going out and practicing it themselves and seeing what happens. So that's where we are. And Deanne has the first point. Take it away, Deanne. All right. So what stands out to me from this passage is the concept of the kingdom of God. And I, as a child, was not very familiar with that term. I grew up in a more evangelical church, and there was more focus on kind of salvation than as the message of Jesus, like the atonement, the death and resurrection, rather than this idea of the kingdom of God. And so as an adult, kind of just heard some really great teaching about how what Jesus talked about and lived and um, ushered in through his life. Um, and his teaching and his work and his miracles and his ministry was the kingdom of God that he, and, and that's in this passage, he says to the disciples, when you go into a town, tell them the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is here. And so uh, I looked up, there's over 80 times in the New Testament, the kingdom of God is mentioned. So when when I think about the kingdom of God, some of the kind of examples of what it looks and feels like is from the teaching, our teachings from scripture are, I think of the fruit of the spirit. So if we're living in the kingdom of God and becoming more like the kingdom of God, you know, we're living with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So that's what we're ushering into the world through our lives and our actions and our words. And then I think of the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and all the teaching about, you know, anger and about the poor and, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth and, you know, all of these kind of opposite of um, what, you know, power and control and the mighty winning mm -hmm. <laughs> the opposite of that, you know, is what the kingdom of God looks like. Um, and then, and then the, obviously in the passage, um, the fact that it's a kingdom of peace, 
that we're bringing a kingdom of peace to the world. Um, and then Jesus's actions throughout his teaching and his parables of just, you know, flipping tables when things are wrong and their injustice is happening and um, challenging when people are being mistreated and healing people who are hurting and caring for the people who've been marginalized and overlooked and not valued. Um, and then I also think about um, the passage in Matthew 25, where he says, you know, we're to, to give water to the thirsty and food to the hungry and invite the stranger in and clothe the naked and, you know, visit the sick and care for the people in prison. Um, so I feel like there's, you know, throughout the gospels and, you know, there's different images of what the kingdom of God is. And so when they're going into this town and proclaiming that the kingdom of God is here, that's what we're ushering in and what has come to earth that people are being invited to learn about and become like and live into. Um, and then I guess the last thing is that if we're learning to be like Jesus as his disciples, that um, he proclaimed the kingdom of God, he manifested it in his life, and then he also taught about it. And so he, you know, is asking us to kind of live it holistically. And, um, you know, so the disciples, when they went into those villages, they were manifesting it. Like they were casting out demons and things. <laughs> like they were showing the power of God, you know. So there's all these different ways that we can live into the kingdom and then it shows up in our lives yeah. or, you know, as loving God, loving neighbor and bringing it into the world. You know, Jesus has come to earth and is this liminal person, like bringing this like in-between person, bringing heaven and earth together and bringing heaven to our space so that we can see and touch and feel and learn from. And then we are invited to become disciples in this kingdom way and in this way of following Jesus so that we're living into the, the values and the power and the living into, you know, those values, all of it that Jesus modeled and taught. Um, so that's what stands out to me. Um, I think it's a beautiful alternative kind of way to be and way to live and, you know, kind of shapes everything about our lives. It shapes how we do relationships, how we order our lives, um, you know, what, what matters to us, all of that. So that's what stands out to me. Love that. Um, and my point is also about the, is about these 72 disciples sent out. Jesus really bulked up the numbers for this mission. Right. You know, um, uh, so it's just like, so, okay. So I love the, I love this whole, the idea of the kingdom and the, the idea of the kingdom being this like radically different, uh, expression of reality and community than exists now and then existed then. And so, that to me is like that is the role of a prophet and jesus was prophetic in the way he taught and proclaimed he was like naming injustice uh what, seeing where power was being um, manipulated and abused and like calling out unjust systems and systems that were hurting people and then proclaiming this radically different way of being 
uh, this radical kingdom of God that is justice and based in love and based in care for one another and responsibility for one another and and something more than just kind of the power grab that he was watching happen in the world. And so he was doing that in a lot of different ways. He was doing it like in a, in a secular way, like thinking of like the unjust oppressive systems of the Roman Empire, of empire itself. And then within his own religious tradition, like calling out the ways that that power was being abused in his in his um, community, his, his, his religious system. And so I think like Jesus knew how lonely it is to be a prophet you know and like mm-hmm. if you look back at the history and the stories of the prophets in hebrew scripture it's very lonely to be there <laughs> and it's kind of like it can't be really any other way because if you are actually doing the work of a prophet and calling out the ways that the systems aren't working for the people being marginalized and you're doing that in in spaces where the more privileged people the people with the power are you're obviously going to be the only one saying that thing you know and and so you're inherently kind of this lone voice uh, in crying out in the wilderness, like like John. And um, and I think Jesus like Jesus recognizes that loneliness and recognizes that this is like this is not like a one off thing that this is going to be the work of forever. Mm-hmm. And so if it's if it's forever work, then you have to the people that are doing it, that are proclaiming the kingdom have to find a way of not burning out, you know, of like making it sustainable and Jesus, Jesus knows that the way to make it sustainable is to have at least one other person that is also doing that work that you're in conversation with that you can like turn to when you're being rejected, when you've been rejected by a whole community, when you've gone into a place and said, things aren't working here, we need to change, it needs to be different. And everyone looks at you and they're like, you're insane. This is the only way it could possibly be. Like if you were, the only, if you were just taking that all the time and didn't have anyone to turn to you and say, no, I also see it, you know, like it would really burn you out. It would burn me out for sure. So I'm just, I think Jesus recognizes like the blessing of having another person that also like can see the world and speak the language that you're speaking of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what these disciples can do for one another. They're, they understand, they've listened to Jesus, they've walked with him, they understand what it feels like in their bodies and they can communicate with one another in that language of the kingdom of heaven when when that language is kind of being rejected by by the places that they're going. And so and there's just one other thing to me is like thinking about that ongoing nature of the work. It's that like I'm I I love I was struck when you were reading it Charlotte about how like it says that Jesus is sending them to all the places he's going to go. You know right. like so Jesus is going to follow them to these places. Mm-hmm. It's not their job to change the place in its entirety. Like it's just their job to go to the places that will accept them and to proclaim and that the proclamation is their work, you know, and that there's some, that, that that God is coming after them, you know, to work as well Mm -hmm. so that they're not alone in that effort. And their time there isn't the only time that God will be moving in the community there. And the other thing is that these, this part that was cut out about Jesus saying, woe to this place and that place and the other place, when you get to the end like of the Great Commission of Matthew's Gospel, or when you get to Luke, the end of Luke and into Acts, Jesus never says, go into all the world except to Chorazin right. and Sidon and Tyre and all those places he says, woe to. It's like, just because a place rejects the disciples doesn't mean they're never going back. It's like we, 
but it also means that you don't have to keep staying there getting rejected <laughs> you know so it's like you a, only have to get kicked so long yeah, it's just like you mm-hmm. can instead of it you can also see that it's an arc of justice that it's an arc of the kingdom it's an arc of relationship and so jesus is like you do you engage in this work in the when in the ways that will sustain you be like like remain in the places that will hear you and accept you do the work there the places that don't you can leave you don't have to stay there just constantly fighting and struggling because you'll have a chance again you'll return to that place you know like it is a big circle that we're moving in and just trying to spiral towards something more rather than like having have to have having to have everything change at this moment so right that was the thing for me well, and David, going all the way back to the beginning of your point, I was thinking about the fact that maybe that's not only did these did he send them in pairs, but maybe that's why he sent so many. Yeah. Because like prior, all we hear about is the 12, right? And now all of a sudden we've got 72 that are going out. And I wonder some of that maybe to like blanket the area, right? Like easier to do it that way. But also some of it might be that it does feel like when you're on this journey and it's hard that you know the vast number of people that are also out doing this work in other places. And so that even if you're lonely, even if you're only walking with one other person, thank goodness for that other person, Mm -hmm. um, but you also know that there are other people out there doing the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really true whenever you are called to use your own prophetic voice, um, that it's very hard to feel alone. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to feel as though you are the only person saying something. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why a lot of us do so much reading and research and listening to other people um, is so that even in those times when you feel like in your own community where you're the only person saying it, you do know that there's other people out in the work, in the world doing that same work. And that's less lonely. Right. So let's talk about the work, though. I think the work is where we spring into my point, which I kind of want to pull us back from last week and weave that in a little bit, because part of what we talked about last week was the urgency. If you remember in last week's gospel, Jesus was telling people that they couldn't go back and bury people, that they couldn't go back and say goodbye to their family. And we talked about the fact that maybe that wasn't Jesus being mean, um, but that was that there is like an urgency to the work, that his face had been turned um, and that now was the time to go. And so then, as you said, this gospel immediately follows. And in this one, we have Jesus sending them out. And then he says, go on your way. See, I'm sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. And then he gets really specific. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the work, (laughs) on the road. So like, okay, so I can't pack a snack. Um, I am going barefoot. No change of clothes. Um, I can't even stop. Like I think about like if you're going to a town where maybe you're from or where maybe you have been before that you might run into people you know, but don't stop and say hi, right? right? And to me, all of that is to convey the urgency of the work, that Mm -hmm. there's not time for any of those things, that you already have everything you need. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to Deanne's point, right? Like you have been with Jesus in this season and you've now experienced it and you know what this kingdom work is is about and so now the urgency is to go out and share the message to carry the message to all of these places and then jesus gets to the point where he's like okay but how you do it matters too 
and goes right down to tell them to come out with their intentions when they get there. Mm -hmm. So when you get into the house where you're going with nothing that you've brought with you, right? No bag, no shoes, nothing else. When you get there, the very first thing you say to those people is peace be with you. You're sharing God's peace with them. You're letting them know that your intentions in this kingdom work is bringing the peace of God's kingdom to each and to this household that you're in. And I love that Mm -hmm. because I imagine that it's hard to open the door for the prophetic voice to come in, right? Like let's imagine you're in your house and all of a sudden this dusty traveler harried from the road, this pair of dusty travelers comes to your door and has nothing with them, nothing to offer you, no payment to stay with you and is like at your door and you're standing there trying to decide, am I letting them in? Mm -hmm. What do I do from here? And so the fact that immediately what is offered to them is peace gives that person the opportunity to respond in kind. And we hear about that right in the next section of scripture, that you will find people who your peace will land upon and that you stay there with them for as long as you need to. You eat their food, you you teach, you do all of those things. And then you will find people um, that it does not, but your peace comes back to you. Mm-hmm. You get it back. And then you go and you go to the next place, Mm -hmm. right? But all of the ways you're going, it's this, it's this reminder of both the urgency of the work and the necessity to name the reason why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that. Like, yeah, I, I love that. And just thinking about as the person like trying to go, going into a place and speaking prophetically and speaking truth and talking about injustice and systems that need to change it's easy to go in and do that work and forget to have like compassion for the people that are there and like to stay, to, to show up and bring and say, I'm here for the sake of peace. And this is the work we need to do to get there is different. Um, and I also think that like being there without any, any of your own stuff makes you vulnerable and you bring that vulnerability to the place and say, and we need one. And like, I need you to help me do this work. All right. So that's uh, three points for this week. Point number one was Deanne's. It was all about the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God looks like and feels like, uh, how we proclaim it and manifest it and teach it and, and the ways that we can see it happening and, and feel it in ourselves uh, in order to proclaim it out in the world. Uh, number two was mine. It was about the work of being prophetic and and uh, speaking truth to power in different systems and communities and contexts, and the importance of having a partner, a person uh, that can speak that same language of the kingdom, that can hear you and understand and see the things that you're seeing. And number three was Charlotte's, and it was about the way the intentions and how we go into places and do that work and proclaim the kingdom of God in the world, first bringing peace, and then bringing our you know whole selves uh, to a place and knowing that when we are rejected, there's, there's something that we're getting back. We're still carrying our peace with us, that we don't lose that on the way. So having heard those three points, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any of your stories or questions or comments from this week of conversation or reflection about the gospel. Uh, we'd always love to hear also about your God sightings or about your ministry context. You can email us, you can call us or text us. You can direct message us on Instagram or you can contact us through our website where you can find all those faith to go resources every week for personal reflection, family discussion, or small group conversation. You can find all those ways of getting in contact with us uh, in the description of this episode. 
Thank you again to DM for being here. Thanks so much, DM. It was awesome that you were here You're for, welcome. This, for this specific reading. Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> We'd love to have you back. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was great. It was great to be here. Thanks for having me. You got it. And we will be back uh, to talk about uh, the gospel for proper 10, the Sunday of July 10th next week. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. everybody.